Hi guys, and welcome to another edition of... Actually, no, that's totally fucking It's definitely wrong. not another not edition. Not another edition. Uh, I don't know how to intro. Brock, how do I... How do I do things? Well, this is our inaugural podcast of Flipping the Nerd. Woo Where we have two fellow nerds just talking about nerd stuff. Yeah. What kind of nerd stuff we get to talk about today? Well... We're going to talk about video games, aren't we? Yes, we are. Oh, we, we've got a great discussion coming up in our gaming corner. Yes, of and... course. But let's, we should take the time to get the audience to know us. Yes, we should. We should. Get some sexy, sexy time with the audience. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, Oof. just the best. Right off the bat. Okay, so Alina, why don't you give us a quick little wrap-up of where you got started in gaming if you will, and what gaming is to you, I guess. Well, um, I played video games as early as six years old, but I, I will admit I was a filthy fucking casual until about... Stupid casuals. I know! I bet you like the PS4. <laughs> it's hardware is technically superior, <sighs> and, but that is a discussion for a later day. No, it's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyhow. Um, anywho, um, I was a casual until about my junior year of high school, which was about four years ago, and I started playing Skyrim. I got Skyrim for my birthday, and that introduced me to Steam. And then I was watching a Skyrim lore video on uh, YouTube, and then just started watching more of those. And then someone mentioned, uh, I was watching a Mass Effect lore video, and someone mentioned The Girl from Chuck, which is a show I loved at the time. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit, she was in a game? I need to play this game! Hashtag woman crush! And then I started playing it and was incredibly confused. Went back to the original, played <laughs> through it completely. You're and telling through. me starting a series in the middle of it? will make you lost in the lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Some some series. Some series, Like, yes. Far Cry is not an issue. No, Far Cry is never an issue. Because <laughs> um, every game is fucking different, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then there was a really good Steam sale on Assassin's Creed. I got, like, uh, one, two Brotherhood and Revelations for, like, 50 bucks. So I was like, hey, cool, yeah. I'll do that. And that was my first real foray into... Uh, what I would consider to be m more hardcore gaming. Um, that's when I really started to identify more as a gamer, and when video games became uh, more than just a pastime, they, be they became a passion and something I, I enjoy to this day. Woo! So, what gaming means to me, it's... It's a way to explore worlds beyond what you can do in TV, film, almost any other form of media. And it gives you hands-on, a lot of the times, like David Cage games, you could argue, and like Dear Esther, you could argue, maybe is, isn't even fucking, a game. Fucking David Cage, yeah. goddammit. Um, he needs a leash. <laughs> <laughs> um... It, it gives you an extra sense of interactivity, and in, in games, I, I really like games where player choice is a factor, because it makes me feel like there's, there's just a, an extra level of, of depth to it, and it, it encourages me to get more involved 
with the story and care about where the story's going and about the characters and so I I yeah I, yeah. I think gaming's gaming more, is awesome gaming is awesome and <laughs> that is what she meant to say this whole time yeah for for me gaming's more than just a hobby it's it's lots of fun and I enjoy it every day so Brock Tell us about your gaming history and what gaming means to you. Yay! Well, some of my first memories are video games. Getting a Super Nintendo when I was about three or four years old, playing Super Mario Bros. 3. My sisters always liked talking about how when I first played that game, all I would do was just stand there and jump in place. Because <laughs> I didn't understand. Yeah. But then my coordination, my brain started figuring things out. The gears and, and started turning. The gears started turning. The gears of war, you might Ooh. say. Ooh. Oh! Yeah, anyhow. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just, for me, gaming has just been such an important part of my life in general. It's always been my go-to place to recover. I consider myself a heavily introverted person, so when I'm exhausted from spending time with all my friends or partying and all that fun stuff, my way to recoup and to recharge from everything is to just sit down and play some video games for a couple of hours and just relax, take things in, absorb myself into the stories like you were mentioning, things like that. I have fucking nine tattoos on my right arm of all video game characters, so yep. that proves... To me, that video games are a very big deal to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's what gaming is to me. Gaming, ga gaming's a pretty pretty big part of our lives. I it's, think we can say. I, I, I like games. Yeah, I like they're, games. They're fun. They're oh, fun. Um, <laughs> I think we can also say, safely say that that Brock is has been cemented in the gamer culture longer than I have, as his Xbox Live membership extends eight years, and mine's like nine years. Nine years, so yeah. I was, mine's like three. <laughs> I was, um, uh, last time I hung out with my buddy Jared, my friend Jared was there the night we created the, uh, my Xbox Live account, and I went there, I was like, hey Jared, you realize that we've been buddies for like nine years now, right? <laughs> and he was just like, damn! Because <laughs> the night that we created my gamer tag for Xbox Live, oh, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. You, oh, at, at some point, we'll have to tell the stories behind our, our gamer tags. Oh, definitely. That's uh, that's that, those are good stories. I like yeah. it. Um, well, we'll so yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll save that for a later date. And uh, so, to anyone new to this little thing, shindig, we're going to be doing. I guess it's just a typical podcast. We're mm -hmm. just going to be discussing things, having yeah. fun little topics of discussions. Mm -hmm. We might throw in an obscure question here and there, just yep. for shits and giggles. Yeah. And speaking of which. I have an obscure question. He's got a fantastic I have obscure a fun question. one. Now, Elena, tell me, which video game character would you take with you on your quest to find the Holy Grail? There is only one answer to that. I have, I, I know what it is, but go for it. And it's Nathan Drake. Of course it's Nathan Drake. <laughs> because... The only other character I would assume that you would have picked would be Lara Croft. <laughs> Shit. I actually... I did not think of her. I was like, okay, who would I pick? And then Nathan Drake came yeah, to mind. And I was like, boom! Treasure Hunter. Perfect. You, gotta, you gotta go with that guy. Uh, mainly because he's fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, he's charming and witty. And, like, he he's actually relatively successful in his quests to find things he in the game. Granted, though, if you keep this in mind, you're gonna have to, like, you know, climb on trains that are hanging over cliffs. See, I'm just saying, if you have that capabilities, go for it. He does that. I don't have to. 
Like, I'm going to write out a contract that you're, says... You're going to be the one who's on the clips like, Hey! Hey! You need a hand? You doing okay? There's an icicle over here. I might be able to throw that down to you. <laughs> there's, there's like a string. You think that would help? <laughs> so basically every time something moves and Drake has to hold on, it's you trying to help out. Yeah. And he's yes. just going to be, Stop helping! Stop helping! Break it worse! <laughs> yep. That, awesome. that, that is that is what my, my adventure... To it could be for the a hilarious be adventure. Like, I would watch that. Naughty Dog, make it happen. <laughs> Naughty Dog. <laughs> Hashtag put Elena in Uncharted. Hashtag <laughs> Elena Buck for Uncharted, not Elena Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, for like we love Elena Fisher. We do. We yeah, do. She's awesome. All right, Brock. Who would you take with you on okay. your quest to find the Holy Grail? So the Holy Grail, as anyone knows, when it's 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 a perilous adventure. It's you know. It's full of, it's, yes, it's full of adventure, a very redundant word in my sentence right now, but it's not the point. It's dangerous, it's life-threatening, it's bonding, though. Hmm. You want somebody there. So that, James Bond? Huh? Ah! But he's Sorry. not a game character I'm going to talk about. Goldeneye! I know, I'm just saying, but it's not the one I'm going to talk oh, about, okay. though. So basically, I want to bring along somebody who is going to have my back no matter what, who I can always rely on, who's going to become a bro. At the end of the journey. Garrus. It's going to have to be Garrus. Yes! Garrus is my pick. <laughs> Perfect The close pick. second in regards to, like, the bro would be Varric from Dragon Age. Yes. Yeah. Varric is such a bro. I love oh, Varric. He's, he's great. He's a great he's... drinking buddy, I feel. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, my pick would just be Garrus. I would just be like, yo, Garrus. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go find the grail. And he's just like, oh, yeah, Brock, we've been on many adventures because we're bros. So let's go do this. Bros till the end. Yeah. But that also, that also means that one of us is going to come to a very close near-death experience. Yeah. Where the other one gets to heroically save the other. It's Hope probably probably going to be Garrus saving you. It probably will. It, it should be, because he already got fucked up in Mass Effect 2. We don't need yeah. that again. Yeah, I don't I don't need that 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 scare. No, I don't need I don't need his face to get more deformed. It's already beautiful enough. Yes, it is it is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> And Garrus's face is on my arm, and it's yes, wonderful. Yes, it, it is. Uh, is it the scarred face? Um, I don't know. No, it's, it's not. not. But it's still pretty. It's still a nice one. It, it's still pretty to look at, so. But yeah, Garrus. Garrus. Brofist. Yes. <laughs> Brofist to the sky. Oh, Always right. and forever. <laughs> All right, guys. Fun, okay, so. Now it's time. We're going to move into what we were going to start calling the gaming corner, mm -hmm. where we are going to pick our big discussion of the podcast. Yep. Okay, so Elena, big game, AAA game is coming out tomorrow. Yes. That game is The Order, 1887. Yes, it is. Or 86, whatever the fuck the year is. 86. It's 86. Come on. 86. 87 sounds better in my head for some reason. Why? Already that game's flawed. <laughs> Video game sins. Boom. Brock Boom. just found one. Yep. Gear gates. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so, the order has come out. And, Elena, would you say that it's getting a good reception? No. Oh. Not at all. Oh, sad faces. What's, what's going on with this game? Well, it's getting... I wouldn't say it's getting demolished by critics. No, not, I wouldn't not, either. Not no. in the way that, like, Aliens Colonial Marines was. Oh, no. But it... it the reviews seem to be an overwhelming meh. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm picking. That's what I'm getting from it too. Granted, we're we're gonna full disclosure here. We have not played this game. Yes. Because it is not out yet. Correct. <laughs> and neither of us has a PlayStation Four. That is also true. Um, but uh, I I work for GameStop, 
and um, so uh, over the last several months there have been plenty of promo videos that have been playing and you know when I get a couple minutes I'd, I'll sit down and listen to them and watch them and actually I can't sit down because there's nowhere in that place to sit down anyway um, yeah, it's really stupid. You guys should get stools, at least. Nope. Nope. Um, uh, and as I was watching it, uh, just more and more, uh, the feeling just kept growing on me that it was gonna be overhyped. Like, when I, when they first, uh, launched the trailer, like, the announcement trailer, I was like, holy fucking shit, this game looks Amazing. Okay, now when you say announcement trailer, are you referring to the one where there's like four of them going into and, the mist? And it's like a mist, and they yeah. start shooting off and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. On the record, another very misleading trailer. Yes. Because what I took from that was, holy crap, four player co op. Yeah, yeah. That that it was a misleading trailer, and but like just that initial trailer made me stop and go, holy fucking shit, this looks amazing. But, as more and more has been released, and I've watched some gameplay, um, it, it just didn't quite live up to what I was expecting. Uh, it's got some really, really cool ideas. I love the steampunk idea. Uh, that's, I love that's, that's like a gaming scenario or environment type that like no one, that very few developers have tried, yeah, I feel. definitely. And it's... It's, uh, it, it's just a really interesting idea that I think could have been really, really cool. The, what made me kind of more hesitant was I was seeing, I'm not saying like linear gameplay is bad, but just extremely limited linear gameplay and then, um, a lot of quick time events, which I think quick time events aren't horrible in certain situations. No. But in games like Beyond Two Souls, where all you do is quick time events, it, just gets, it gets to a point where yeah. it's like, when does this become a game and when does it become an interactive movie? Yeah, yeah. And there is a difference. Yes. And I was just more and more getting the sense that it just was feeling more like an interactive movie and that it wasn't... Other than the really cool concept, it didn't seem to be bringing anything new to the table. Yeah. It just looked really pretty, and it looks fucking beautiful, don't get me wrong. It does. But, as far as gameplay, it just looked like it was a little lacking. Like, there was no replayability, and just, you know, once you get through it, okay, that's it. And then, of course, what, two days ago? We find out Something that, like that, two or three days ago, mm -hmm. YouTube guy. Yeah, uh, we find out that the story itself uh, is only five hours long, which... That this is, uh, just just to clarify, people, this is what our discussion yes, is officially sorry. going to be. I, I, I segued into my... Rant. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. But th this is the main, main focal point of our discussion in the gaming corner this week is... The importance of game length. Um, I feel like in a game like The Order, it could be a good thing or a bad thing. Because, granted, I haven't played it, but if the gameplay is linear and kind of limited in what you can do, 
it's nice that you don't have to be subjected to that for 20 hours. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I feel like it's a game that wants to be really story-heavy, in which case... Why couldn't they draw it out more? Yeah, exactly. Like... With, like, I don't know. Like, there was just so many opportunities. I just yeah. remember... I remember when... Back at E3 last year, mm. when they showcased it, I was really excited about it yeah. because what they showed off, which was the, a fight between the main character and a lichen, mm. and what I saw was a beautifully detailed monster coming oh, yeah. after this guy, mm -hmm. and you saw a mixture of gameplay transitioning into cutscenes, transitioning back into gameplay, and mm -hmm. one seamless thing. Yeah. I haven't seen a game pulled that off since Max Payne 3. You know, that yeah. stuff is that stuff is impressive. I, I yeah. love that kind of immersion. Oh, yeah, definitely. But what I'm being let down by is the simple fact that they didn't capitalize on that. No. They bring in the idea of them hunting werewolves in the first part of the game, and then they're gone. Yeah. And then you have to deal with some stupid rebellion. And mm. it's just like, it's, I don't know, it's such a typical route to go. Yeah. Where they could have really done some, like, I would have loved to have known, or loved to have experienced a game like that where it would have been like a horror survival type of scenario. Yeah, no, I think I think it could have been really, really cool if it had focused a little more on the supernatural element. I mean, of course, it's cool that they throw this historical context in there just to give it a little bit more of a I backdrop. Mean, Tesla's your guy to make yeah. your weapons and stuff, which yeah. is a neat little it's kind of a fun little like James Bond homage type yeah. of deal. Yeah. Like he's your cue. <laughs> he, he's 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 the Leonardo da Vinci to your Ezio Auditori. There you go. Um, and it, I just I don't think the rebellion should have been such a focal point. Like, no. it, the main thing they were showing off at E three with all these trailers is that you're going up against a supernatural force, and it's not. I don't think it's capitalized on. I don't think it's utilized to the to the best extent. No, it's not. But back to the yes, game sir. link thing. Sidetracked um, again. No, that was that was mostly my fault though. That's it's not a big deal. Like when when a game has both single player and multiplayer, I tend to be more forgiving of a very short campaign. Yeah. Call of Duty's are Call of Duty games are a great example. Even yeah. Halo Four is a great example. Mm -hmm. Halo Four's campaign was really short, but I loved it still. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Is that just because it's short doesn't mean you can't enjoy the experience. Right. So, but when you have a game, when it's only the campaign that you were worrying about, I feel like it's almost inexcusable to expect somebody to pay $60 to get a five-hour experience. Yeah. And that's including your cutscenes. Yeah. And that's my thing, is yeah. that, like, that's two and a half hours maybe of gameplay. Yeah. So, and that doesn't that doesn't tell me much. Yeah. And another big thing for me is... The campaign can be short, but like, is there replayability? Like, can I get, even if it's a five-hour campaign, can I get 10, 15 hours out of it if I go back and want to replay through it? At the very least. But if the, a game like The Order, where it's just so linear, there's just not that option. And I, I don't feel like I would spend 60 bucks on that. No. It's, it's too much. It's maybe, maybe 30 Maybe thirty. Maybe if they threw, and that would if, only be if it included all the inevitable DLC that's yeah. going to come out for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but as as it stands, what we know of it, again, having not played it, I would not pay sixty dollars for it. 
Not right now. No, yeah, I just, I absolutely wouldn't either. So, like, well, like here's a great example. Um, you are borrowing Wolfenstein from yes. me, a game that has zero multiplayer, has nothing but mm -hmm. campaign. How many hours have you put into it so far? Uh, at least 20. At least 20 hours. Do you think you're close to the end? No. That's what I'm saying. It, is that game boring? No. No, it is not. That is I how mean, a game is done. Yes. <laughs> there, there is a huge emphasis on... I think the fact that there just wasn't any multiplayer and they just put all of their time and resources into making a fun single-player campaign has made it a really enjoyable first-person shooter. It almost felt overlooked last year, in a way, yeah. compared to a lot of games. Yeah, no, it, it was overlooked in, in a lot of ways, I it's feel one like. Of the, it was easily one of the... It was easily... If it wasn't Wolfenstein that was the best first-person shooter last year, it was Titanfall. Yeah, one but like of those Titanfall two. was multiplayer, Wolfenstein was single player, yeah. and that's my point. Is that yeah. like like they're different <laughs> different ends of the spectrum, but they were both really good. So yeah, it's just you know our whole thing is just that game length sixty dollars is a huge price point. Yeah, and if you're getting something that you can't, you know, put more than if if you can't at least put double digit hours into it. I don't, unless, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't see the justification for paying sixty bucks for it. Now here's a here's a rare thing that doesn't really seem to happen anymore, and this is why I there's certain games that I just absolutely love because I feel like some games are designed to give you a twenty plus hour experience, but are also cleverly designed to be beaten in an insanely short amount of time. Oh yeah, like for speedrunners and. Yeah. yeah, and to me, I love that. I love the option that developers or the thought process that developers put into is be like, we're gonna we're gonna cleverly do some things with our environment, with certain objects or whatever, so that when people play it enough and put enough time into it, they reward themselves by being able to beat the living shit out of this game. Yeah, my favorite example is Resident Evil. Yeah. I showed that to you a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. and Resident Evil. I remember when I first beat it. It probably took me a solid. I'd say 20 or 30 hours, and that's simply because I was going to every single room, Yeah, I was dying a whole bunch of times, you know, it's just, it's a combination of so many things, but like, if anyone has ever played the first Resident Evil game, it is not a small game, no matter what anyone tries to tell you, there's so much to it. And yeah, it took me about 20 or 30 hours. Now, here's the fun little kicker, there is an achievement to beat the game in under 3 hours. <laughs> That's an intentional achievement, meaning that Capcom... That means you can beat the game in under three hours with zero glitching needed. Yeah. So, to me, I feel like that's just the... I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. Because, and then, if anything, that is Capcom's way of saying only the best mm -hmm. can beat it in three hours. Because you have to know exactly where you have yeah. to go, exactly who you have to kill, and who you have to run away from, etc., etc. Yeah. Et yeah. It, it, it kind of forces you to give a little bit of extra time and thought into the game and, and just really learn it and learn it well. Um, which, like, I, I can see, like, you playing through it for the first time. Um, I'm trying to think of... The only game that is coming to mind for some reason is Never Alone, just because I recently um, played a couple levels and then played it with you. And after having played those few levels, I just knew what to do. So it just went a, a lot quicker. So, like, I, I always think the first time around, at least for me, I try to be really thorough and just make sure I get everything. I'm not missing anything. Mm -hmm. And then when I go back, like, a second time, 
then I can play it more quickly because I know what to expect, what to look for. Um, maybe not speedrun it, because I still want to, you know, like, especially if it's a game where player choice is involved, I want to experiment with the different choices you can make and the morality system and all that. Um, but, like, my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2, I want to say was... 45, close to 50 hours. Yeah, it's a long game. My second playthrough was much shorter. I want to say about 30 hours because uh, I knew nope. I knew what to look for. I knew what to expect. Yeah. And, um, but I still wanted to take the time to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the point that we have both have made right there is that, like, there's nothing wrong with shortening your gameplay yeah. experience, but there's a difference when it's designed to be short and yeah. when it's... It, it it's, feels it's due to skill. Off. Yeah, it's due to skill. Like, I don't yeah. know, I feel like the order is just a complete lack of content. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Maybe I, they ran out of ideas, maybe, like... Because obviously they're going to do a sequel. Yeah. Or at least they're going to try to do a sequel, I depending think, on how that sells. I think they'll try to. Because I, I was looking it up the other day. And uh, one of the developers, Ready at Dawn, is a subset, or not a subset, it, it's a, uh, it's made up of quite a few, not quite a few, but of, of a few people who left Naughty Dog. That's what, uh, the, based on the art style yeah, and the, how it's presented. Yeah, the art style, the, the, just the U, the general UI, it, it, it just reminded me of a Naughty Dog game. Yeah. Specifically The Last of Us. Um, but I... I, I, so I was kind of expecting a little bit of the Naughty Dog style, and that included a good story, but then I, it could just be they, it was a really, really cool idea, but maybe they just didn't know which direction to take it in, and then... Maybe, or, I don't know, like, I respect Sony and their, in their quest to be that company that always allows people more freedom to do their games. Yeah. But maybe The Order is just one of those classic examples where maybe they should have just came in and said, hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna give you some pointers here. Because yeah. you're a brand new studio giving us a brand new IP. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing when a brand new studio is doing an existing IP. Yeah. Like for Sledgehammer Games who did Advanced Warfare, which, mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm hearing good things about. I'm not gonna play it anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but, like, I don't hear anyone saying it's a terrible game. Right. Or, you know, so, yeah, maybe maybe Sony could have helped out more. Maybe it was just, yeah, could be like a David Cage thing where it's just like too much freedom was given. Yeah, I, I also feel like something they could have done is just maybe not made it a, a AAA game. I mean, it probably required a hefty budget, but if it was going to be so short, they could have made it like a smaller maybe indie game. Um, it's twenty dollar price point. Yeah, that would have been yeah. fair. Like I, I, I've been playing Saints Row: Get Out of Hell recently. It's twenty bucks, and I've still put like eight hours into it. Like that's, and technically, Get Out of Hell is a DLC. Is, technically, yeah, technically. But like, but it's, just thinking it's about that though. is that like how a DLC is more fulfilling and more full of stuff than the Order. Yeah, yeah. A huge AAA title. Yeah, which that's uh, that's makes me nervous just in general i just don't want this to become a trend for future games that are coming out yeah for future games speaking of future games speaking of future games you you particular wanted to talk about future games i do um i always think it's fun to look at upcoming titles and just share our thoughts on 
what we hope to see from the games and what we uh, have seen already and our thoughts on those. I was looking, I know it's, it's far off, but my curiosity got the better of me. I looked up some more stuff for The Witcher 3. Oof. And I think it will succeed where the order failed. <laughs> Please. The tutorial will be longer than the order. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm so excited. It's, I'm kind of worried it's going to be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Because for what I'm gathering, um, this is going to be one of the rare open world games that isn't going to show you shit on your mini-map, basically. So it is... It is a explore the land and figure it out type yeah. of deal, which I love. Mm -hmm. You know, Dark Souls-esque, what's up? Um, but yeah, that's just... Yeah. But yeah. I'm also... There's, there is a little part of me that is just a little bit wor worried that the world might be a little too big. Just because, um, like, Far Cry 4, it, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I, I played, you know, like two hours of it and then saw how huge the world was and I was like, Ugh. I gotta be honest, Far Cry 4 wasn't that big in my opinion. Like, I, it's about the same size as Far Cry 3 was. Oh, I never played Far Cry 3. Fair so. enough. Um, Far Cry 4 was a decent sized area. For me, though, the problem was just way too much to do, but that's just a whole different discussion we yeah. can have. Well, and and that, that's, that's kind of also something that factors into it, is the, the world can be a decent size, and yeah, it's it's not the biggest game I've ever seen, but there's just so much to do that it just kind of overwhelmed me. Yeah. So, like, when... It's kind of hard to focus on beating a game when you're... when the game is telling you to go do other... like, actually yeah. telling you to go do other yeah. things. That That's what got in mind. Again, different discussion, different topics yeah. we can have for the different time. Yeah. But, yeah, Witcher 3... Looks I, I, crazy. I 100% trust CD Projekt Red. Yeah, I no, have no reason not to. Yeah, just... And and based on, like, just how open and honest they are with with their public and... Or with the public and with just everything. And the fact, you know, 16 DLC packs for free. That's Love awesome. It. Like At least one of those is going to be an add-on story. Yeah. Yeah, one of those is, is additional... Like story content, and then others is just like you know character skins or maybe yeah. like some weapons. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, I'm totally Which, okay with that. Yeah, it's I'm, better than evolves one hundred thirty six dollars worth of DLC on day one. Oh, which other things? Evolve, other things. Yeah, because uh, that game's already out. We can't really. Yeah, we can't really talk <laughs> about that too much. No. But uh, what else do we have coming out? We've oh got, my god, Mortal Kombat. We've X. got Mortal Kombat X, Brock. I know, you, you've been a Mortal Kombat fan longer than I. Yeah. Why don't you say a few things? Say a few things? Yeah. Good lord. Um, Just a couple things. <laughs> this game looks cool. You kill people. Blood everywhere. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Mortal Kombat. And I mean, this is... I haven't been this excited for a game in a really long time. Like, even for Dark Souls 2, I still kept myself out of the loop. Because I, I don't want to spoil things. Yeah. Mortal Kombat X, I've been like, give me all the spoilers. <laughs> I want to see these extras. I want to see these fatalities and these brutal fucking moves. And <laughs> I have yet to... I even fucking... I was at work, and I went on Twitch and watched a live stream of them showing off um, 
Kung Lao and Reptile. Ooh. Or no, Kung Lao and Ermac, even better. And, yeah, it was like an hour-long stream, and I didn't do any work. I was just like, no, I I'm I'm watching this, guys. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's how bad it is right now. Nice. It's one of those where I'm just like, just, just release it already, please. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> please. Soon. I know, it's two months, but... Uh, is the hurry. I'm, I'm so stoked. It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, it will. I'm, I think I'm going to take like a day or two off for that game. I, I honestly don't blame you at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. Alright. So yeah, more coming next. And then there's also Battlefield Hardline coming out oh, kind of soon. Oh, Battlefield, what a mess. Um, I'm pretty meh on a lot of the mainstream first-person shooters just because they're usually pretty generic um which is why wolfenstein was such a pleasant surprise mm -hmm. anyway uh everything i've seen of hardline just looks like just an expansion and it it's they're they're just taking the cops and robbers idea and turning it into a first-person shooter yeah and i'm just like I... now that to be fair that is what it was originally essentially but i have seen some updated like video footage of mm -hmm. what they're doing they, it's nice though visceral games is actually listening to the feedback and they've actually altered a lot of things uh one of the biggest ones was an addition of a game mode where it's like Conquest, or basically Conquest in Battlefield, is that there's points in the map, you capture them, right. and you move on to get the other points. Right. Get the most points, and you win. Mm -hmm. In this one, their version of Conquest, quote, I forgot what the game mode is supposed to be called, you have to get into a specific vehicle, and you have to drive it, and you have to go over 15 miles per hour. So you have, so basically it's one big-ass car chase, is what mm. winds up happening. That's which actually pretty nifty that's what i'm saying like that's a, that's a nice little thing yeah. you're adding in there yeah, which i can truly appreciate so like yeah. that does have my interest i'm still not gonna buy it at yeah. launch no because i learned my lesson with dice and with battlefield <laughs> games Ugh. well this isn't a dice game granted but, but still yeah it's going to be a very popular first person shooter that's gonna have an overwhelming launch that they're not gonna be ready for because they never are nope doesn't matter even halo doesn't even, even matter doesn't matter who the who the, the developer and publisher are. They just... The betas always reason, function fantastically, and then when the games come out, they it, always fucking crash. Yeah. It's yeah, so sad. It's, it, it's sad that this has become a trend over the last two years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hardline, I will think about, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then there's... Still, still a little ways out, but Batman Arkham Knight. I think it's gonna be pretty fucking cool. Because I, the only reason I'm interested is because Rocksteady's doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like if it were, I, I don't remember the who Warner did, Brothers guys. Yeah, I don't remember who did Arkham Origins Ugh, exactly. Warner but, Brothers. But um, it it was it was meh. Like I played a couple hours of it and I was like, this this just isn't quite as cool as. It was a copy and paste of Arkham City in every sense of the word. And it was a much larger world that felt empty. I hate that. Yeah. I hate having a huge world and not seeing anything mm -hmm. about it that yeah. made me feel alive with it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I'm excited that Rocksteady's doing it. Because so. they know what's up. They definitely do. And I'm also intrigued. I also wonder, is it bad that I want Rocksteady to do a Spider-Man game? No. Good. I want, them, I want them to do a Spider-Man game. Spider-Man needs a good game. Spider-Man has good games. That's the thing. Wasn't like the last good game like Spider-Man Two? No, oh. they've they've had good ones after that. Yeah, 
Web of Shadows was really good. Shattered okay. Dimensions I liked a lot. Um, I I played the first Amazing Spider-Man game. That game was actually good. It was better than the movie. <laughs> Rare. I mean, that, that's usually not saying much. I, I personally didn't like the Amazing Spider-Man that much. Um, but I'm weird. Um... No, I actually heard that the the first game wasn't too bad, but then the second one was just well, shit. yeah. So it's, what do you expect? The movie wasn't very good. Yeah. So after that, we have. Hey, is the Last Guardian coming out? Nope. Nope. Next. Next, <laughs> next year, <laughs> they'll have the announcement trailer. Uh, at least we're gonna get the Last Guardian. There's still ne- there's still not going to be a Half Life three. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a discussion for another time, is what to expect from the, um, from the Bethesda press conference. Oh, that'd be fun. And what that means for potentially a Half-Life 3, which probably won't happen. It's not gonna happen. Um, and then way in the future, we've got Tom Clancy's The Division. Oh, boy. Developed by Ubishit. Ubishit. Um... It's a cool idea. I want it to be amazing. I, want, I truly do. I, I want it to be good. That is my kind of game, where not only is it great cover shooting and teamwork stuff, but mm-hmm. it's online. Yep. I get to fight fools. Yep. And. But, the fact that it is online, and the rocky launches of Watch Dogs, Sass Creed Unity, Ubisoft's you play system in general just tends to be shit, and just does not work on day one. No, I'm not going to get it on day one. I'm really not. And the only reason I'm excited is because it's a new IP. Yeah. Therefore, I can't give it the, oh, well, Assassin's Creed suck, therefore this is going to suck. Right. No, I can't say that. It's right. stupid. So, I'm, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited for The Division, but I am being skeptical because yeah. of... Ubisoft's not so hot track record lately. Yeah, no, they they they've had a really shitty year, and I used to be a huge fan of Ubisoft. Me too. But I just got totally burned this last year. And Milking Assassin's Creed is a little. It's getting a little old. It's getting really old. Activision's telling them to pump the brakes. Yeah, and that's when you know. That's when you know. Um, and of course they've already announced the next Assassin's Creed game. Well, of course they have. I'm sure there's gonna be six this new year. It'll be interesting. Um, apparently it's going to take place in Victorian England, which, that's cool. I'm actually, it's a good idea. It's, it's, I like it. I want either, but I'm sorry, the two greatest ideas I've heard so far, the most obvious one, Feudal Japan. That would be so fucking cool. But it's because it's so requested, they're not going to do it. It's yeah. pretty obvious. And then a really unique idea, Cold War. Which they probably won't do, just because... That'd be hard. Yeah. That'd be really difficult. It'd be really difficult, and probably some people would get offended. I wouldn't get offended. I, just, <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't say you would. I just mean there are probably some people. I don't know. Would I don't know what, where the offense would lie, but I mean, who knows? There, there are people who are pretty sensitive about the Cold War. I and guess just that, that whole thing. They can go do something else. Never mind. <laughs> Anyhow, this is a kid-friendly show, bro. <laughs> yes, that's what it God is. God damn it! Watch your fucking language. <laughs> What's um, next? Let's get at least one more game out there. All right. Uh. Let's see. There are three choices. Dead Island 2, Halo 5, or Mad Max. Halo! Alright. Halo! Rock's the Halo fanboy. Oh, Halo. Um, Calvin, I worked with Calvin at GameStop. He said something interesting the other day that I've been thinking about recently. And that is that I initially predicted that 
um, they would delay Halo 5 into next year because it just wouldn't be ready. I just didn't think that they'd have it ready. Calvin suggested that they would probably release it in November, even if it wasn't completely done, just so they could get it out the door, which is basically what they did with Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Which, granted, they after the fact, they were like, oh shit, we fucked up. Uh, but it just seems to be coming more and more commonplace for games to be pushed out the door before they're ready, and it's a goddamn shame. I, I agree. I'm not I'm not going to think like that, because I <laughs> Halo's my baby. I love that game. I love all those games. Um, for me, I guess I would hope that Microsoft and 343 both learned their lesson in the sense that, like, they need, they should absolutely make sure that this game is finished. Because if this game doesn't do well, then I don't know what to think of the Halo franchise from here on out. I would... Because if this yeah. one fails, then, oh, that'd be bad. They're, yeah, they're in trouble. <laughs> and, like, here's the thing, is that I don't think Master Chief was n unfinished, because, quite frankly, the gameplay was solid, the graphics were phenomenal, like, it wasn't a broken game, it was the servers that were having an issue. And the simple fact that a lot of people just didn't take into consideration was that this is four different unique games of multiplayer experiences with over 100-plus maps all having different engines comprising that into one game that's actually kind of difficult yeah i just i so i i think that the i think the biggest thing though is that they didn't stress test it with the beta run mm -hmm. at all and and they didn't you know they pushed it out the door before it was ready like if they had delayed it into 2015 i would have been fine with that just to make sure that it worked well. I think I think a big part of that was releasing it for the holiday season. Yeah, and definitely. it did help sales for the Xbox One. Oh yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. So like, when when I was working the holiday season, I had so many people come in and pick up Halo, and I was like, cool, enjoy. Hopefully, it doesn't crash on you. And then of course the DDoS attack. Well, fuck loser squad. <laughs> their their leader got arrested because he's an idiot. So lizard, it doesn't matter. Lizard Squad is shit. They're, they're, they're idiots. They're irrelevant. Paying money to get a hacking service does not consider you a hacking nope. group. Nope. They're... This doesn't, doesn't require anything. They're a bunch of pompous assholes. Yeah, anyhow. Here's the thing. I played the Halo 5 beta. I played it pretty extensively for a good three or four days straight. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, that's... It's the best feeling Halo game I've, ha I've ever played. And that's coming from a guy who has... Put played, so many hours in played Halo. Played the shit out of Halo. In yeah. general, like, it's it's very obvious they are trying to make an esports franchise now out of Halo, which I have zero issue with. Mm -hmm. I don't have any problems with it. I love that they want to make Halo into a, like a, a competitive thing now. I I honestly would prefer Halo become an esport other than like Call of Duty. Yeah. Because Call of Duty is just it's becoming a Twitch shooter. Like, who reacts the quickest? It, the, there's no semblance of strategy. Or uh, but because maybe like marginal skill, but not not really. It's just who who twitches the fastest. Who twitches the fastest and who has the best eyesight? Yeah, so it's it's not. Well, the Halo, I love like just just like small things they've incorporated into the gameplay are so like I just didn't think about it until I was doing these things. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a thruster pack, and these things they're great for so many things. 
you use it to catch up to an opponent who's trying to run away from you so you can quickly take him down. Use it, obviously, to quickly get behind some cover when you're being just when you're getting your ass kicked. You know, um, a fun little feature that I noticed about halfway into my experience was that if you jump and hold down the aim button, you actually float in the air for a couple of seconds. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. I just think that's such a clever little, just a gameplay tweak. And then, like, if you jump in the air and click the right stick, you pull up a crosshair, mm-hmm. and that shows up on the ground, and you can ground pound people. Nice. Just, like, just like fun little things that they've added in there. And, yeah, just, the guns felt great. I love sniping in that game. It was so much fun. Yeah, just, in general, I'm beyond excited about Halo. I really am. Well, I, I do hope that uh, they kind of learn their lesson with Master Chief Collection and, and actually give us a good game. And, I agree. Um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what the future holds for Halo. Definitely. So, all right, guys. Well, that was our Gaming Corner discussion. Yeah. And this concludes our very first podcast. Woo! Um, yeah, join us next time. And by then, we'll probably have an email account if you want to send us questions. Um, Maybe get a Twitter one going. Get to twatter. Get to twatter. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm Elena. I'm Brock. And this has been Game Corner with Flipping the Nerd. Yay!